0: You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast.
1: You're listening to the Rainy Day Podcast, the official podcast of the Ontario Rain, with your hosts, Cameron Close and Zach Dooley. Now, it's time to get in the pod.
0: Hello again, everyone. I'm Cameron Close with the Rain Insider, Zach Dooley. It's the Rainy Day Podcast. We're excited to be back another week. Just still kicking it. Zach, something bothered you recently. You let me know before we came on the show, and I want to give you a chance to vent.
1: So I saw that on social media, the Tucson Roadrunners declared themselves Pacific Division Champions. Now, in the AHL's official release, it did not state anything about division titles. It just said that the statistics were final with the purpose of 2019-20 team awards. So the Roadrunners went ahead and declared themselves champions of the Pacific Division despite the season ending well before completion. Now, this is the same team that raised a banner in their building that says Western Conference regular season champions, which I thought was hilarious. So I wanted to get your take on that. I personally do not recognize the Roadrunners Pacific Division Championship, and I will not honor it.
0: Yeah, especially considering that, I mean, Colorado was powering ahead towards the end of the year, Uh, and they're looking at the standings right now, three points behind Tucson with two games in hand. So they hold their own fate to take the division. That's a tough tough one to give yourself because – well, I guess if you go by point percentage, they have it, which is strange, right? Because Colorado could te- no, 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 that makes sense. So yeah, they, if you go by point percentage, they have it, but it's by uh, a tenth of a point, actually a, a hundredth, right? Yeah, be, a hundredth
1: I of mean, a point. at the end of the day, like it's it's just so there's so many situations like we could declare the rain Pacific Division champions because we assume the rain would win out the road. Oh, you know, would right, out and all right, stuff like yeah, you right. can. You can go into all these what-ifs, but at the end of the day, you're giving yourself the division title off of a million yeah. what-ifs.
0: I've never been a fan of of the divisional championship thing. I think the way to do it is you say it happened, great. You, you, I mean, you sell the T-shirts because people are going to buy them. But I don't think it's something that you go crazy about. I don't think it does. You know, if you want to put a banner up, put a banner up, but it doesn't need a banner-raising ceremony. Um, per, You know, like we have banners in Toyota Arena. Two of them are for the ECHL reign, and one of them is for uh, the first year out here when the reign won the division. I personally like a, like a one banner where you put the years on it if you're going to do that. But you know what? We've only got three, so it hasn't gotten ridiculous. Maybe once we have 10, 15 of them, uh, th- then you go then you go with something like that. Like even I remember in college, uh, UNH had a banner of like every frozen four appearance and that's a bigger deal than a divisional championship and they had just had the years and i was always thinking to myself like this is all we have we've never won a thing maybe we could make these into individual banners but i i wonder with tucson i wonder if they'll put a banner up because i would have a problem i might i would probably protest a banner i mean that would be some good content for you for you, social mediaites, Zach, be, you know you get the other teams involved. You petition the league to take a banner down. That is that is good stuff right there for next season.
1: A banner lowering ceremony. I'd like for that. Roadrunners yeah. rain game. That would be good content. Um, I, I like um, I like the idea of you know a division championships banner that lists the years. I think that's kind of the way to go. Um, I also think that if you win the regular season division championship and you win the first two rounds of the playoffs so you win the divisional rounds of the playoffs that's when i think you get a banner for divisional championship because you are the true champion of the division because you well, won then I would just and you won i would playoffs. just
0: give, i don't think it, i would just give it to the playoffs personally if you really want to do it that way but i don't think i don't like the western conference regular season champion banner that bothers me more than what they're doing now actually um, from the other year, because that's nothing. You finish Jesus. second. Of the you either Jesus. finish. You either get the points win, like the the NHL's President's Cup. Um, you either get. You either win the league. You can do something for that. That is an, a that's a serious accomplishment. Or you you know you got to be a Western Conference champion. That's winning the Western Conference Finals. That's when you get something. So i I'm, I have no problem with the divisional thing. Put the banner up. Don't whatever you want. Don't make a big ceremony about it. But I do. Having it yeah. I have an issue with the regular season and I don't like this. I actually now I'm gonna hope that they hang a banner up because (laughs) then we get something to talk about once the season comes back. That would be the best thing ever for us if they hung a banner up. That'd be great.
1: I can then we can rehash the protest because when we go there, assuming you know we do next year, we can officially protest the physical banner. I hope we're there when they I hope they raise it in a ceremony. I hope we're there for it. I hope we are there for that. Then we'd have to be
0: the team that's there when they take it down, maybe.
1: Yeah, so maybe we can <laughs> we can start the protest if we're there, if they raise it, and then we can build a campaign, get some content and some collateral for the- Well, you know what, if you- Lowering protest.
0: Let's say that they- So what are, you're telling me they just put it on their Twitter?
1: Yeah, they just tweeted, we are Pacific Division champions. And then they did a trivia question the other day that said, we're one of two teams in the AHL to win a, a division title in two of the last three years.
0: Hmm. You know, I would. I give, the, I give the AHL front office some credit on these things. I think if you emailed the league and said, hey, uh, and I'm not telling any of our fans to do this, don't do this. You know, but if you emailed the league, if you tweeted at the league and say, are we counting divisional championships? Are those, are the, you know, I would want some direction because the award winners, they, the league said – if you finished in first in scoring, then then you're an award winner, whatever. But, you know, definitely don't contact the league by any means to see if Tucson should be allowed to say they're divisional champions. Because the league would have final ruling on that, as far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah.
1: So I guess we need to get that league clarification. Maybe they are going to award it. I don't know. but I, And if they do, they do.
0: Then, then you know, I can sleep at night. There's some backing there. But right now. I
1: still don't need to recognize it personally. Yeah, And uh, I will not.
0: Well, that's fine. You can do that. But once the league makes their ruling, you know, I'm a rules man myself.
1: Yeah. We'll we'll
0: see how it goes. Hoping to hear something on the NHL sooner than later. It seems like we get so many rumblings and so many leaks. And I love it. Uh, But they just haven't come to a decision yet. And you know what? Rightfully so. Things are changing day by day, step by step. You know, selfishly, I really want the league to be the first to announce what they're going to do. Obviously, the NBA is there. The MLB um, put something ridiculous out about how they're not going to let players spit, have fun enforcing that. Um, but I think the league, the NHL has an opportunity to be the first to be back. It would be awesome if they could get it. They could capitalize. I mean, I watched UFC the other night, right? So, like, I I never watch UFC, but, but I watched it because it was on. I mean, think about how many casual fans you get. If you're the first, but I digress. We're getting to something else. Uh, Zach, you saw uh, an Elliott Friedman uh, uh, formula he put together to basically finish out the season in the playoffs. And you said you kind of liked it.
1: I'll say first, uh, I don't care if they're the first back. I don't think that's important. I think it's more important to be safe and do things the right way. Uh, but I I thought that Elliot Friedman proposed a pretty interesting structure for how, you know, a 2014 playoff could work. And it's very outside the box. Uh, it's a format where it would be four divisions of six. So the top six from each division or top five plus wild cards uh, to make it, you know, the top, basically the top 12 teams in each conference. Uh, the teams would then be essentially seated and given weighted points based on their regular season play. So, you know, he didn't have, you know, a, a concrete, Formula in place, but the Blues led the Central Division. They would start, say, with six points while the the Blackhawks would be the 60. They would start with zero. The Blackhawks would still have a shot at being a top four team and advancing to the next round, but they would have a lesser shot of doing so than the team that finished first, which I liked. I think it rewards regular season play. It kind of provides a conclusion to the regular season without involving the teams that were you know, not going to make the playoffs. And then you could go into a traditional 16 team playoff with best of fives or best of sevens, depending on what you need to do to finish on time.
0: So I don't love the round robin idea. I get it to an extent. I I would get it if I was a fan of one of these teams. So here's here's where here's my thought process. I love the idea of 24 teams. um, But really, whatever you're doing, it seems like 24 is the most that they're going to allow. in. so the Kings aren't going to be involved. So I don't necessarily have a vested interest in who wins as much as seeing the most entertaining product. So to me from a an outside perspective and not really having a dog in the fight, I like it's like the one game wild card in baseball. I hate it for the fact that they play 162 games, but I'm going to turn it on every time I watch that game. There's just so much at stake. So to me like a 3 game best of 3 series is going to be must-watch hockey. I mean, players are going to be killing each other out there. They're going to be doing whatever they have to do to get victories you're going to have game seven how many times so with this 2014 format if you how many uh, best of three series would there be uh, in the first round
1: i think it would be let's see yeah eight.
0: what eight and eight so four I think it'd be so eight, eight total eight, yeah yeah eight series so you'd you'd have a minimum of 16 game sevens probably more like 22 um at least to watch i mean in, in probably three or four days, right? So, like, to me, I just think about that. It gets me excited, and it's something I want to see because I'll probably never be able to see it again. There's never an opportunity to do something like this. So, and this is where you and I oftentimes I find that we differ when we get into these, um, when we have our little disagreements and our differences, Zach. Our you tend Yeah, you tend to err on the side of um, of, like, what makes the most sense what's going to be the most fair what the you know what what makes sense for the work the teams have put in what, what adhering to the rules making sure everything's done by the book i just kind of want to see something crazy so and you know i'll be the first to admit that so while i understand that the round robin might make sense i just want to see some best of 3 series i think it'll be a blast
1: i think you can apply that logic to pretty much every one of our debates and you'd find that i would probably 9 times out of 10 be on that side you'd 9 times out of 10 be on the other side it's pretty yeah. much every every debate we yeah. have is pretty much. I go uh, for
0: entertainment value.
1: Yeah, I mean, I go for I go for my I guess the logic or the reason. I don't know if that's
0: yeah. I mean, fair to
1: say, but
0: I mean my yeah my reasoning on like the offsides thing and and uh, you know the, the differences is why change things and you know if 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 it makes it more complex I don't really want it and if it's more fun the other way then do it that way. but no I I it is interesting it's on um the thirty one thoughts that, that uh that Friedman and and Jeff Merrick do in their podcast so uh check that out it's you know you can read about it it's not long like they didn't dive into it too much
1: um so, it's a quick prelude yeah. to his uh so I actually didn't listen to the pod I, I read the article um the article there's you know maybe a couple hundred words on it it's right. not a it's not like a you know two thousand word essay it's more of a of an idea with loose framework there's not you know this is exactly what I do it's more like a Feeler kind of thing, see what the reaction was. And I think there was some mixed reaction to it, just like there has been, I would say, to every single format that's been proposed to restart the season. So I'd be interested to see what others think about it as well.
0: So our guest today is Matt Villalta. And, you know, Zach, when you go back three years ago, you had uh, Jack Campbell and Cal Peterson. Jack Campbell goes up. And I think everybody kind of knew, like, okay, Cal Peterson's going to be okay. Maybe nobody saw him being the lights out guy that he was like right right off the rip right away. But everyone knew he was going to be okay. When Cal Peterson went up, I think Villalta was somewhat of a real unknown. Um, and I think that all of our all the Rainiacs weren't necessarily sure what they were going to get in this guy. And you know they had seen him here and there and he, you know, he would he had really only come in, in relief of Cal Peterson in his bad game. So you don't really get a good view. And then he came in and lit it up and I have trouble thinking of another scenario with at least any teams that I've paid attention to where it has gone that well and where he has been able to pick up right where Cal Peterson left off a real unknown just come in and it makes me think of uh, I don't know how far I have to go back but Carey Price when he went down in the playoffs and Yaroslav Halak came in and made a name for himself like that it makes me think of something like that obviously it wasn't playoff hockey but he was you have the rain fighting for a playoff spot and this kid just came in and somehow was able to put together an extremely consistent performance. And now you look ahead to next rain season and you kind of feel okay about your goaltending situation without Cal Peterson.
1: I think you saw the shot volume that Cal faced when he was with the rain and you thought like, can, can another goalie handle that? It wasn't necessarily like, can Volta handle this? Could any goalie really stand up to that? And I think that, that Maddie came in and exceeded everyone's expectations. You know, he kept you know, that goaltending standard up in his starts with the rain. He did a very, very good job as a, you know, a rookie, a 20 year old kid who had never been through it at the professional level before. So it was very, you know, exciting to see. And I think everyone was just thrilled to see him have the success he did. And, you know, excited for everyone to be able to listen to our interview.
0: Matthew Valalta plays goaltender for the Ontario Reign, and he joins us now. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, good to be on
2: today with you. And how are you guys doing? I'm
0: doing well. Thanks for asking. It might be the first yeah, time may, uh, someone's ever asked the other way.
2: Right on. Duels, are you doing well? Doing
1: well, yeah. It was, it was nice to hear it. You know, like Cam said, you yeah. don't always get the return. You know, how you doing? So it's great yeah. start Especially this in this interview. Cli- you
0: know, Especially in this climate of uh, – of just uh you know the quarantine everyone's negative sometimes mm-hmm. so yeah what
2: a guy Starting
0: off strong you've gone up one yeah. notch officially in my book which Perfect. puts you, puts you right at notch 1 so, wow
2: that's um, awesome
0: very good well i want to get into it but as always we're going to start you off with a uh, something to get the mind moving and a, another would you rather today we've been sticking with those so would you yeah. rather Never be able to use ice in a beverage ever again. Uh, No ice, so nothing Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, you're you're turning 21 soon. You want to have a, you know, Mm -hmm. your first drink on ice, then uh, you can't do it. So no ice or for the rest of your life, your phone doesn't take pictures. So if you ever want to take a picture of something, you
2: always have to carry around a camera. Wow. Um, That's a tough one. I guess you can always – if if you look at it, I guess you can always make your drink cold as long as you have, like, cold water or you refrigerate whatever you're drinking. Um, well, now, let me, me, and let
0: me just – let me cut you off there because you can make it cold. But if you go to a bar, you can't yeah. – like, they're going to have ice and you have to say no ice.
2: So – Yeah. See, that's tough because I love taking pictures of things. Um, I love the outdoors. So whenever I'm outside, if there's a cool sunset, I'll take pictures. Um, Whenever I go fishing, um, my brother or I would catch nice fish. We'll take a picture with it. So I feel like the camera is like really convenient and I feel like if I had to carry a camera around, um, that'd probably be a little too hard. So I'd have to go with the no ice. I
1: would heavily go the no ice route. Really? I I think I use my phone to take a photo. I I feel like daily and I feel like I would use ice, you know, occasionally like I don't put ice in my drinks. Usually like I drink my water, no ice regardless. I prefer it that way. I drink most of my drinks, no ice. The only time I think I really do is if I have like a, something I just bought at the store that's not cold or like you said, maybe like a mixed drink or something at a bar, but I can, I can work around that. I'll, I'll take the phone all day.
0: So, uh, yeah, you know, I lean towards the phone, but you both are living in the present. So, I Mm -hmm. am of the mind that ice is a worldwide staple and a worldwide standard has been for, you know, generations, right? So, ice has been around since, since the Eskimos. So, I think that ice isn't going away, but I think phones, camera phones, they could be, you know, taken down by something else maybe maybe there's no more phones one day we're all just wearing watches like like apple watch gets a big thing and now all of a sudden you're taking pictures like this or maybe it's like a glasses thing i don't know so you can you know you might be smart now but i think and this is the beauty of it is that i asked the question so i don't necessarily have to give my answer and i won't but i think that ice isn't going away whereas technology it's always changing in 10 years you guys could be like man, like, yeah, it was a good 10 years, I got a lot of good pictures, but now this is totally obsolete and I can't have ice for the rest of my life.
1: I mean, they uh, they might come up with a pre-iced glass in 10 years too, yeah. and you might you're, you might be obsolete.
0: Well, yeah, Just I'll the ice out, freezer so. right now and show you that that's-
1: Right, so I mean, you could- you always yeah. have to have frosted glasses on hand. So. There could be, maybe there's a, a solution to drinks on the rocks or, uh, you know, ice and drinks, so. Well, you could
0: get those yeah.
1: like stones
0: which I don't like. Um, they're like the, you keep them in the freezer and they cool your drink if you don't want it watered down or something like that. When I was a
1: kid, we used to have these little fish. They were like these plastic fish that you put in the freezer and they would freeze into like quote unquote ice cubes and they were reusable and you could just put these little fish in your drink and we thought it was really fun because they're like a good way to get something. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But they were a nice
2: substitute. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a Good tough
0: to one. That is a tough one. Yeah. Well, that's what we do here on the uh, the rainy day podcast. We come up with tough questions. The hard hitting, the hard hitting, the hard hitters. Um. All right. So the birthday's coming up uh, in a little less than a month. Mm-hmm. You're going to be 21. Yeah. Uh, you got some big quarantine plans for that
2: special day? Um. Honestly, I don't. Not really. Um. Usually when parties come around, I just uh, got some buddies who come over and um, usually just some family members, but uh, hopefully this, you know, the rules kind of get a little lightened here and so I can invite some people over. But other than that, probably just going to hang out. Um, I live on a lake, so probably do some fishing and, and just, you know, just... I go with the family. So that's. So probably,
0: I, I said, you know what, I just realized I said that you're going to have your first mm-hmm. drink because you're going to be 21, but you're in Canada, obviously, where the drinking age is 18. So is 21 yeah. really a big deal in Canada when it's your
2: birthday? Um, I think that, not really, because I think it's 18 or 19, like you said here, but um, right, 19. I guess once you turn 21 in Canada, you're kind of good to go. You got the pass to go anywhere, um, I guess, so. I know people do get excited for not that not when they go to the United is. States yeah. or but yeah, definitely not as big as deal as it, as it is in the US but no, I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. Four more years you can get that rental car. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. will not have to ride my bike around anymore, so. That's right. Here you go. <laughs>
0: so, um all right, so let's get into the hockey. Um, mm-hmm. let's just talk about this season right off the rip. You come into it knowing that you might have a chance uh, to, you know, Cal's probably going to go up at some point. There was an, enough rumblings of it that, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, someone might be moved or if someone gets injured and then, and then you get your chance and you obviously took it by the horns and, and never let up. And, you know, from a, mm-hmm. uh, almost from, from an onlookers perspective, I'd say for the first five, six games of watching you, I think a lot of people were probably saying like, all right, he's having a, he's having like a, a time with it he has come in he's taken it by the horns and he you know what he's going to come back down to earth at some point like he's obviously a good goaltender he can always obviously Mm -hmm. play here but he's not going to hold basically a a cal peterson standard like Mm -hmm. it it was almost like there wasn't a drop-off and then you know you get more and more into it 10 games 15 games and all of a sudden you're like okay this kid can play he's very good and he's he's gonna play at this level for the rest of the season how confident were you in yourself when you got into the in between the pipes and, and were getting the the lion's share of the, mm-hmm. of the starts? And, and you know, at what point were you like, "I can hang in this league"?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think definitely as the season progressed, I think I think it's fair to say I kind of started off slow. Um, I guess right from the start, Cal Cal was obviously the man in net, and he was gonna, the guy who was going to play all the games and. Um, so at that point I was just trying to learn as much as I could uh, every day and just come come into the rink and just make sure I'm having fun and doing everything I can to you know be ready be ready when you know my time came and um, after going down to Fort Wayne for a couple weeks just to kind of figure out my game and how I want to play kind of you know help me out um, with my confidence mentally and um, I just kind of you know got my feet wet down there in pro and um it really helped me figure out how i wanted to play and then when i came back up um late november i want to say or whenever it was um you know i was really feeling good about my game and um i could watch cal cal again in practice pick up things that he's doing and just be able to watch him again in games and then uh, obviously watching jack gamble because he's one of my probably most favorite goalies to watch now and i really you know i like to watch him and um, I try to, you know, play like him and um so I just kinda tried to put everything together. Um and just kind of figure th- everything out and um get settled in and then when it came to playing honestly, I just went in there and just, I just tried to take one shot at a time and just have fun and you know, just be myself and not worry about anything. And just take one one puck one day at a time and so yeah, that's what I try doing. And you know, the the guys were great. We had a real good leadership group this year. So those guys made it real easy for me just to come in and, um, you know, just try and play play the way I can play. Was it nice that
1: at the start you weren't just thrust in in the AHL as the guy that you had Cal, you know, maybe when there was a back-to-back or a three and four, Mm -hmm. you'd get one of those games and Cal could maybe take on that first game. You could come in the second night and maybe was there a little bit less pressure, a little bit, make it a little easier to, to succeed?
2: Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, you're obviously not getting thrown in the net. Um, with little experience, you got a guy like Cal you can learn from and just watch and um see how he plays different situations and then you can see how he approaches with playing a lot of games and see how, you know, away from the rank, how he takes care of himself and then when he gets to the rank, everything that he does see that he puts into it to get himself ready for the game, um, was huge for me. And then obviously, like I said, going down to Fort Wayne just to play a couple games and at the East Coast level and Um, so that, I think that was, you know, really huge for my first year. And, um, you know, I feel like I made some really good strides or strides, um, with my game and, um, but yeah, that for sure, I feel like made things a lot more easier when I came back up after that first game in Tucson, I think we lost three, two, uh, that was a pretty close game, but I I remember after that game, I was like, okay, I can, I think i can play at this level so then after that it's kind of you know your confidence gets a little bit you know built up a little bit more and you believe in yourself more like you know that you're not you know maybe if you can say you're not as scared as the league obviously coming to american hockey league you got you know a lot of guys you can play in the nhl um so um yeah i mean i think that made things a lot easier
0: it wasn't a big discrepancy, but your numbers were better in the AHL than they were the ECHL. And you actually see that a mm-hmm. lot with goaltenders. And maybe, you know, you won't say this because, you know, you're a player, but maybe it's because of the defense um, right. and, and it's not as good as the AHL. But do you think, like, like why do you think that is? Because it happens quite a bit. Like, is it yeah. hard? Is it, is it there's a better structure in the AHL? It's just a lower scoring league? Or, you know, wh- why is that?
2: Uh, I think in the East coast, things are a lot more wide open. I feel like it's more like a little bit like junior hockey, like back in OHL. Um, there's a lot more room for guys to do things. I feel like the speed is a little slower. Um, the games, the game speed, that's one thing I notice. And, um, structure is not as like, uh, it's like just not as structured as American hockey league and the, you know, perhaps the Kings and all of our systems that we have in Ontario. And, um, but yeah, there's just a lot. Um, you see a lot of different uh, plays and different type of uh, you know, yeah, just plays evolving in front of you in the East Coast, whereas you don't maybe see them in the AHL just because things are more structured. So uh, that's where I feel like maybe numbers might get you know lower or higher, um, just depending on you know the teams and you know what they play. You had to battle
0: for your – you had to Tom Brady in junior to battle for the starting job. I saw there was an article mm-hmm. on the AHL.com's homepage the other day, and, and I think it's still up there yeah. somewhere, so everyone should go read that on you. and um, Joseph Raymakers, is that how you say his last name? Yep, yep. So, Raymakers. you know – you you kind of won right like you're in the ahl now and maybe he'll have a successful career but talk about having mm-hmm. a battle and i i want to use that as you see it all the time goaltenders have to have to battle for their starting job and and you know what we saw mm-hmm. here with cal peterson and jack campbell and then yep. you know you see in the ahl all the time and usually it leads to success for both guys mm-hmm. it ends up usually yeah. really helping both guys out to have that fire behind you what's the relationship like between the two goaltenders who are battling for a starting job in some situations they could be battling for um you know a spot in the nhl and then you know money Mm -hmm. comes into play and success in the rest of your career so what's that relationship like uh, you know on the ice at practice um when he's your teammate he's a guy who you're obviously close with because you're the only two goaltenders Mm -hmm. usually in the room but then at the same time there's that competition
2: yeah i mean obviously there's a a big competition next year you want to play in the net and you know you want to play some minutes but you know at the same time um going back to my first year in the Sioux me and me and Joseph we had a really good relationship and you know we were like best friends and you know me as a young kid coming in I think it was his third year maybe in the league or second and you know he just wanted the best for me um so I think that was huge and I think if you have a goalie partner who you know supports you. Um, no matter if you're playing good or if you're like, you're on a little bit of a slump and you're not playing so hot. But um, I think if a, if you have a goalie partner who like genuinely, genuinely like cares about you and just wants you to play well. And um, I think that's huge. And uh, I think this year, even with Cal, you know, I think, you know, he, I could talk to him about anything. If I had a question about, you know, a play or um even in, in between TV timeouts, I could just ask him and, um, you know, I knew, I know Cal. You know he cared about me as you know a young goalie coming in. And he just wanted you know show me the ropes, and so I think you know just having a really good relationship, uh, a good friendship, uh, you know, just someone you can like hang out with, you know, away from the rink and just you know shoot the shoot the crap and just hang out. So, yeah, I mean, usually goalie partners, you guys make you make really good friendships with those guys because you know most of them they all want you want the best for you, and you you know vice versa. You know I want the best for them, so. Um, it kind of works out good. And then, you know, if, if say, Cal, Cal played a real great game the night before, you know, I want to play just as good as a game, you know, the next night, and he'll, he'll do the same the next night. And, you know, and then it kind of leads into some good games for the team, so. Seemed like the, second, the last two months of the season before it
1: was canceled, that's exactly what Lorraine were doing. You and Cal would alternate. You'd both be posting some some good performances, and the team started to really find its groove and win a lot of games you know did it feel like you know at some point maybe I don't know if there was necessarily like a a switch that was flipped but didn't it feel like you know at some point in the year that you guys just
2: it came together and you guys just started to play really well yeah I think so I agree um I think there was a point where you know we were just winning games and you know that was that was awesome to be a part of and um just to be able to watch you know I Cal playing most of the game, like more of the workload and having more games. You know, even just to watch was awesome. Just to be a part of the team and you know to see you know us be successful. And uh, we went on a pretty good run there. Um, we we got a good win streak going, and that was awesome. Um, and then you know just good goaltending. I think with Cal, you know, he stood on his head every single night um, with the team, and you know that gave us really you know a big confidence boost, just knowing. You know, Cal's back there. He's going to, you know, shut the door for us. And, um, but yeah, I think, you know, that was, you know, really fun times, you know, just when everything just kind of clicking, power plays working, penalty kills shutting everything down. Um, and then you just, you know, everyone's just coming to the rink. It's ha- You know, everyone's happy and uh, we're just enjoying ourselves. So, you know what, that was awesome. That was really fun. So you have a brother, mm-hmm.
0: you have a twin yep. brother. Correct. That is the coolest thing. Twins mm-hmm. are so cool. And they, yep. so, you know, I, they run in my family where there's, I have two sets of cousins that are twins, but I hear they skip generations. Are there a bunch of twins in the family or, or are you guys? Um, want? I know there's my
2: brother. Um, well, my, I
0: hope you know that one. <laughs>
2: me and my brother, obviously. <laughs> uh, and then my cousin, they actually just had twins. Uh, okay, but their daughter. Or it's, uh, one's a girl and one's a boy.
0: Yeah, yeah, so.
2: that's how one said
0: it. Yeah, I think twins are cool. I want, I want a set or two.
1: Uh,
0: you know, yeah. if I can get them. But you yeah, my really uh,
1: my college roommate was a twin. Really? Wow. And uh, one of my cousins actually has triplets. Even wow. even wow, even more so. Yeah,
2: that's crazy. Yeah. So
0: I I bring it up. Um, your brother right. he plays, but he doesn't play goaltender. Mm-hmm. I remember Correct. when I was at UNH, at UVM, Uh, Mm -hmm. they had two goaltenders and they were both, in college you carry three goaltenders, they were both the backups and -hmm. they both played goaltender and they were twins. (laughs) Or maybe they were like one year, actually they might have been a year apart, regardless, they were brothers. Mm -hmm. But, But I always thought to myself, man, like, they both had to be goaltenders like too. that's because yeah. you can't even do hand-me-down equipment like they're on the same teams all the time so they, mm-hmm. that's that's a parents having to buy goaltender equipment for two kids as they grow up like mm-hmm. i don't know how you you gotta put a second mortgage in your house but yeah how, how'd you decide to be the goaltender how'd your brother decide
2: to be the skater how'd that come um from? you know we both started off as uh players uh, my dad we live on the lake like i said, and. We always made like little ponds and like little hockey rinks. So that was just the first thing, just learning how to skate. And then there's a local rink, not too far from my house. And it's only about five minutes and it's uh, in Verona. It's called Piccadilly. and um, So I started out there and I used to play in, um, I guess it was hikes. So I guess when you're really small, I was a forward. So I started off forward and then I think I played first year novice um, I forgot the age. It's like really young though. I like think seven, maybe six or seven. And I was forward. And then, you know, I just started watching Eddie Belfort when he played for the Leafs. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like all his gear and, um, you know, the blue and just like how it looked on the pads. And um, so I, I think I just remember I, I asked my parents, like, I just want to be a goalie and I wanted to try it. And, you know, luckily at the local rink, they had a, a whole gear um, unit just full of like, Goalie gear, and I got to try it one game, and you know I just happened to really like it, and it just stuck, and uh, yeah, it's still really fun, so I'm enjoying it.
0: So, a few things on the twins. Do you guys ever have the same dreams?
2: Um, I know he has nightmares, and I have nightmares. It's kind of been a common theme um, ever since growing up, and we used to sleepwalk actually, both of us. Um, but uh, you know, there's still night. Tears there, Um, nineteen tears. That makes it sound far worse. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It's crazy. Like, you know, some like the other night, I woke up and he was like screaming. (laughs) Sorry, but I mean, it's a thing. I don't, I don't know. Well,
0: I I read an article that everyone because I'm having wilder dreams during this. I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, Zach, but Mm -hmm. everyone's having wilder dreams and vivid dreams, and it has something to do with with COVID, like the quarantine. Mm -hmm. It just affects everybody, and so.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's a twin thing. Like, there's something to do with the twins, but there is sometimes like where we caught ourselves. Like, I'd say something, and then he tells me that he's he was just about to say going to say it. You ever play so, tricks on people when you were younger? Uh when we were younger, like we'd do the switch seats in class thing, yeah. and you know, just mess with the teachers a little bit here and there, and um, and then the odd time we we still mix up our mom too, so we let her know about that, but. <laughs> But, yeah, I um, you know, it's definitely cool being a twin, that's for sure. Well,
0: on that note, I got a little game that we're going to play today. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be called – I haven't thought of a name. But are they a twin or are they not a twin? So I've got a list of 10, 12
1: – A little bit wordy. A little bit wordy of a title, I think. Well,
0: you'll, you'll get it pretty quickly. It's a very simple game. And it's usually okay. – it's like all the games we play. It's very simple. and It's one or the other. You pick something. Um so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a celebrity name, and you gotta mm-hmm. tell me if you think they have a twin or don't have a twin, and we'll hey. see who can get more right. And we'll see how well you know twins, because I expect okay. you to get all of these. Twins are supposed to know twins. <laughs> <laughs> give it a shot. Uh, it's like it's like that scene in the office when. What is it? Michael's talking to a woman at the bar, Zach, and, and Dwight goes over. He says, you got to see this. I found twins. And Michael leaves the woman <laughs> and it's two male twins that he just wanted to go look at. <laughs> I was going to kick out of that. But here we go. Let's start her right off. Scarlett yeah. Johansson, twin or no twin?
2: Uh, I'm going to say twin. Zach? I was, I was thinking twin also. I have no idea why.
0: Yeah. She's a brother, Hunter, who is a, a twin. So... Wow. You both. You both got that one correct.
1: You I think bad. I honestly just thought you were going to start the game with someone who did have a twin. Yeah, so I, I was like, you're not you going to go that with that no twin I off the bat. So. Why? Maybe
0: I would have. I, I don't know, but you didn't. I know. Well, we'll see if you can get the uh, – maybe, maybe there's a pattern. You never know. All right, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Ooh, I don't know who that is, but – You don't know who Danny DeVito what? is? You're not going to know a lot of these <laughs> names. <laughs> Uh, Always sunny in Philadelphia. Matilda's dad. No, doesn't okay. ring a bell. But I'm going to say no twins. Exactly.
1: I was going to say no. Also,
0: yeah, he's, he doesn't have a twin. We're going to move right along. I don't know. <laughs> you've got some you've got googling to do after this. Uh, Vanna White. You know who Vanna White is? She is. I wish the, I could say yes. A model on Wheel of Fortune who handles the board mm. for Pat Sajak.
2: Um. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. I'll say no. She does not have a twin. She not does not have a twin. All right. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. No, I don't think he has a twin. I'm gonna say yes. He
0: does have a twin. Oh, his his twin's oh. name's Paul. It's not Paul Diesel, uh, <laughs> which I, I also found out. Vin Diesel's real name is Mark Vincent. So.
1: Wow. Which I guess Vin. That's a like, pretty that's a pretty good switch. Like Mark Vincent's oh, a fine you, name. Yeah, yeah. You But might, you go yeah. Vin Diesel. Like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you yeah, just Vin get Vin people Diesel. to start calling you that, like you're just known as Vin Diesel because you decided you wanted people to know you as Vin Diesel.
0: You gotta go through like some growing pains with that, huh? Like all of a sudden uh it's not Mark Vincent anymore, it's Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you gotta people really have to take you seriously
1: if you're gonna do something like what do that? you think his mom calls him? Like you, you, he's probably still Mark, right? Maybe he's Vinny. Like, I don't know. Hey, hey. I guess we could find out.
0: Um, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland.
2: Um, Twenty-four. Jack Bauer. I'm gonna say no. He is a twin, right? I think I yeah, actually is a sister twin. Wow! Right
0: now, Zach, I would have thought <laughs> Zach is the one with the twin. Um, I don't know okay. any of these.
2: I don't, I don't know these. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll know this. You'll know this. Ashton Kutcher. Okay, uh, I feel like I should probably know if he does or not, but I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no also. He has a twin, you're both wrong. Oh.
0: Yeah, the twin Mike. Wow,
2: there
0: goes the, the record. The perfect game is over. All right, uh, you might not know him because this is American history, and mm-hmm. so I won't hold it against you. But Benedict Arnold is a traitor
2: in colonial times. Yeah, I've heard of him. Okay. <laughs> um, Benedict Arnold. You know what? I'm gonna say no.
1: Also, the hero of the Battle of Saratoga. People forget that. You know, big big hero in Saratoga. Usually treason Usually trees and overshadows. Yeah, but you know what? Battle of Saratoga. When that happened, he was the guy. So, uh, I'm gonna say he does have it. Done. No, he does not.
0: So, uh, Maddie Beach on that one. Perfect. Tides are turning. All right, Larry King, longtime personality on. Was it CNN? I don't know who that is. You don't know who Larry uh, King
1: is? I know the name. I, I Larry think I knew. King live?
0: All right, then we'll just move on. I think I, knew,
1: <laughs> I think I knew he was like a news guy. But You
0: know, I'm more disappointed in the names that you both don't know on this list. Uh, John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite. Also Jimmy McElroy and Blades of Glory. Also Jimmy McElroy and Blades of Glory.
2: Um, I'm going to say
0: yes. I think he does have a twin. He does have a twin, yeah. Dan. Uh Carlos Mencia.
2: Carlos Mencia. Um no. I haven't heard that name in <laughs> feels like like 10,
1: 15 years uh i'm gonna say no also yeah he doesn't have a twin yeah you haven't and,
0: and you know what i that guy is not doing well he that got is accused a, of stealing a bunch of jokes and he
1: has just fallen off the map and is not that's playing. a random name for you to pull for someone who doesn't have a twin because you decided to pick guys right yeah that's a, I, I that's mean, a random deep dive well you know, i feel like that was the guy that was always on like comedy central when i came home from school in like seventh ends, grade yeah yeah it was a while ago
0: uh last one rami malik uh, Rami Malek. You know who that is the Bohemian, no. Rhapsody. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody actor who played Freddie Mercury. He was in The Pacific too. I thought he did really good that. All right, he won the just, Best
2: Actor. I'm just gonna go with no. I think he does. Yeah, he, he does.
0: You know what, guys? I'm really disappointed in these names. So, so you know the fake ones, Zach, the <laughs> random names I pulled. Were Danny DeVito, Vanna White, Benedict Arnold, Larry King, and Carlos Mencia. So I really had to think outside the box. But I, when were
1: you sitting here and being like, you know what? What we need in this game is to pull a guy from the Revolutionary War in 1770 <laughs> to see if he did or did not have a twin. Hey, didn't it
0: trip you up? You guessed he had a twin. I, I did, yeah. yeah. So there,
1: that's why. That's Mind why of
0: Cameron Close. Yeah, there's always a lot of names rolling around up here. So a lot of things. Um, so I want the, okay, I want the lead out
1: question. It. I want the lead what's, out question.
0: For what's, Matt. what's the lead out question?
1: Hey, I, I want to take it. I want to take the, the first question out of the game. Cause I, I thought of one, but oh, I not want to ask him. Okay. I know you're probably about to dominate the conversation. So oh I'm, no, uh, please. Know what I do. Well, I do. Well, I'm so. a
0: dominator. I'm an alpha male. If there's one thing we've learned it's that I'm the alpha, you're the beta, and the guest is just along for the ride.
1: And you're also the, you know, last place
0: finisher in our... Our draft. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. uh, Well, actually, this yeah, we've talked about that, and I have said what I have to say about. But anywho, um, (laughs) that's a simple percentage. You know, if I had twenty five hundred inherited followers, I like to think that I would have been. You know what? I've said all I need to say.
1: (laughs) uh, So the question I wanted to ask is: You have an interesting, I'll say, routine with your equipment. You know, the first Mm -hmm. time that I watched you play, Maddie for a start was in Tucson. Um, and Mm -hmm. I was texting our equipment staff and asking, uh, like, is there something wrong with Maddie's Jersey? Like, I, I thought it was like, like damaged or something because you put so much water on your gear
2: Mm -hmm. that
1: it taints the rain crest and makes it like a gray in the middle. And I just had to ask what is, what is up with that? And is that something new folks always done?
2: Um, yeah. So I spray, I don't know if you know, uh, cameron but i spray my gear down with water i got my little spray bottle that the equipment staff set me up with and i actually got that from the spray bottle from jack campbell um i saw him do it, and i was like oh this is a genius idea because before i used to like take all my gear like in junior i'd take my gear to the sink and i'd throw or the shower and i'd like put water on like all my gear and i guess it's just because i like I don't like crusty gear and that like kind of get that if it just sits in the room like all morning before practice and then after. And, um, but yeah, I just like the feeling of what gear, I don't know.
0: I, I, have weird, noticed. I noticed the same thing. I thought you were wearing it like a knockoff Jersey, right? <laughs> because the logo is by now this gives mm-hmm. me an idea because at the rain, we're all about fan experiences. Mm-hmm. So you tell me if you'd be up for this and we can make it happen. So right now, if you're a group, and you want to go to an Ontario ring game, you you might be able to secure one of our fan experiences. So you might be able to mm-hmm. sit on the bench before the game. You might yep. be able to be in the high five tunnel, and, or maybe you get to sit in the penalty box. You get to sing the national anthem. There's certain things that you're able to do. I'd like mm-hmm. to propose that we add another group experience in here. We purchase 15 super soakers and you walk out <laughs> of the locker room and 15 lucky kids get to just annihilate you with those super soakers and then you go right out onto the ice we would that would get on espn i think
2: so i mean it'd be doing the same thing as my spray bottle so
0: that's what i'm saying yeah. let's give let's give it back to the fans at least while we're yeah. here in the american hockey league mm-hmm. and all right yeah. this is an idea this is an out of the hey. quarantine idea and i uh i'm gonna hold I, you
2: to that so that could be a good promotion i think it'd I'm be saying. a great promotion maybe a one night yeah. only
0: type of thing so it's just special
2: yeah. but you know, yeah. we, there's you, something
0: there. There's something there. You know, you're going to make it happen anyway. So. Yeah, I did. I remember noticing that and thinking it was a mm-hmm.
1: off.
0: I was like, let Was yeah. so then, like,
1: like, I was wondering, like, if, if like, your jersey got ripped or something and they had to, like, pull one out of the back that right. which is from the closet, they had to make it up real quick. I, I just didn't know what was going on.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I used to drink, obviously, on the bench. They so got, like, yellow Gatorade or blue Gatorade. And then when I drink it, you know, when I go to the branch, I spray water all over myself. And that's probably why my jersey gets wet. And then I just like spray it down the back of my shirt and kind of get that little cold shock. But um, when I drink Gatorade, I'd say probably more goes on my jersey than in my mouth. And when I used to drink the blue and yellow, it make the white jersey like stain. So I remember Luke, he was, he saw it the first time. In, they gave me some white Gatorade, so now we don't have the issue of stains. So now we got the white Gatorade. Yeah, that's uh,
0: that's not an equipment manager's dream, right there. Your situation. No. No. And they've got to dry
2: that equipment after every game and everything. You, yeah. You
0: might have to tip
2: them a little extra, I think. I know, I know. Yeah, they they take care of us amazing. So, um, but yeah, the whole equipment staff's fantastic, and. You know, they do a real good job and make sure we got everything ready to go for the games that is too fun
0: and you aren't like you don't feel like you're like weighted down when you're just dripping wet like that and,
2: and you're you know <laughs> yeah you think you think it'd be like you feel like more heavier with all the water weight but i don't know i just feel like when i spray it down it i kind of do it when i get to the rink so i'll take my sticks and then um after video is when i'll spray my gear down so that's like the perfect. Time I feel like so it's like not like dripping wet, but it's like damp. And I feel like the dampness is like it's not heavy at all. So I mean hmm. it's kind of weird, but it kind of does the job for me, I guess. Yeah, it's something.
0: It's something. Yeah. yeah uh, I gotta I got a few more and we'll let we'll let you go. I, I wanted to ask you played in Sioux State Marie, which mm-hmm. is interesting because it's on the border of of Canada and the upper peninsula of Michigan. How often did you go yeah. back and forth? How often did you go
2: over there? Um, I probably, well, first of all, when you go play Saginaw or Flint, we're always going across um, through upper Michigan down to like those cities we'd play in. The Mackinac uh, Island Bridge. Yeah. We go across the big bridge there. We had some, yeah. sometimes a bridge was actually shut down just because, you know, when the wind in the wintertime, we would like,
1: hmm. it's such you a had to go around the whole
2: thing. Yeah, like we go over top of the bridge but like that bridge is like very long
0: no but if, if it's closed do you have
2: to go around the entire peninsula yeah or else we have to like go back through canada or we would sit at the bridge and wait until we could oh, go that sounds like a so nightmare. yeah we got caught there once i believe uh i think it was my second year there i think and yeah, we, we got there like seven in the morning. We didn't get, we weren't able to go across until like one or something, I think. So cool. it was pretty, pretty intense. But yeah, honestly, I don't think I really went across a Sioux Michigan all that often, just kind of go check things out. But I used to Did do. You a lot get a of lot fishing. of fans.
0: Do you get a lot of fans from Michigan going to those? Because it's it's a sister city. So there's a yeah. Sioux Marie, Michigan, mm. and then there's a Sioux Canada. Yeah, yeah. So
2: I feel like there's some fans who come across. Um, I obviously don't really know how much the hounds or the greyhounds are represented across the rivers because I never was really over there. But sure. um, at our games, though, I think, our, I think the rink and Sioux, we held 5,000. We usually get like 3,500 to, you know, f- hmm. filling it up. So it was pretty good for a, a good town.
0: I want to get into the draft, too, because it's the only thing we haven't spoken about. Mm -hmm. You get drafted in the third round by L.A. Did you know it was coming? Did you know L.A. was going to be the team? Did they give
2: you any indication? Um, Honestly, I had no idea. Um, That was kind of a shock for me, I guess. To be honest, I only talked with L.A. twice. So I remember I talked after a game. It was in Windsor. So I think we played Gabe. And I didn't play that game, actually. And so I talked to a scout. for the Kings after the game. It was only like 10 minute quick talk, and that was it. And then I remember um, they flew into Kingston. I met him, met some, uh, I think Yanetti and another scout. Um, kind of feel bad. I've, the mind slips my memory now, but, um, or the names, sorry. And uh, so we talked to the boss and Pizza probably 30 minutes, and that was it. And so I really had, you know, I, Didn't think I was going to get picked by the Kings in the third round. And then obviously I just, I didn't go to the draft either. Um, I was kind of at home. I was fishing that day and I ended up popping up on my four-wheeler up to my grandparents' house and my parents were already up there. They're just kind of watching it. And I popped in and kind of sat down for like two minutes and LA popped up on the screen. I just saw my name pop up. So it was, it was crazy how it all happened. So you saw it on TV before you got a call or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So I like honestly, like I think I came inside for some, some of my grandma's chocolate chip cookies or something, and I sat down. I was, I was eating them, and then yeah, just sat down and LA was picking, and so I just said, okay, I'm gonna watch just, just as Gee went out. I just said, sure, I'll see you goes and right, um yeah. Sure enough, it was me. So it was crazy. And <laughs> we didn't oh, really go touch yeah it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know Zach, you you might have
0: uh, been ready to bring it up right here, so maybe I'm alpha you, alphaing you, and stealing your thunder, but. You obviously have a, a good relationship with Gabe Velarde. You've known mm-hmm. each other a long time. What was that? I mean, that must have been the best text message, thread, or call right after you get drafted in the third round, mm-hmm. after he goes in the first, and you guys are going to the same organization.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I remember watching the first round. So I think first round's in night before, the day before the all the rest of the rounds. So I was watching on TV, and I saw him go to L.A., so I text him and, you know, congratulate him everything. and. And then it's crazy because I think we knew each other since we were five. Um, so we started off playing soccer together and then we um, started playing hockey together. And then we went to the same high school for a couple of years, played tennis, played tennis team. And then we kind of split up. He went to Windsor and then I stayed in Kingston for another year and then to St. Marie. And then we kind of like, it's kind of cool how, you know, you grow up with someone and and you kind of, you know, you're together again playing for the same organization organization which is like really cool and um yeah it was crazy just to you know that us two are together so it's been really it's been a f- real fun journey so far that's for sure
1: the wheels are turning for me now i see a
2: maddie mm-hmm. v versus gabe tennis challenge in my head for next year who's better yeah, yeah who's better at tennis um if you ask gabe he's gonna say he is for sure but um you know, I'll give it to him. He, he does have some good skill on the court. He has, he has some good control. He has some good power. Um, you know, I just got to figure out, uh, you know, my power. Sometimes I just hit it and it sails into the, the, you know, that cage behind it. So I don't really get in between the lines too often. But, um, you know, we do we do get some good rallies going together. And um, it's just a fun fun little sport we can play together. Just kind of take our mind off things. So it's been, been good. You might already know there's,
1: there's some nice tennis courts in El Segundo, um, mm-hmm. very close to the rink. There's that big park, uh, with the of tennis courts closed right now. Not that you're here, mm-hmm. but, uh, yep. very cool spot to play some tennis.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We used to go on Hermosa right across from Vaughn's. I uh, okay. got that little skate park there. Yeah. And they got some nice courts there too. Um, but yeah, we're always open for some, you know, for some tennis games. <laughs>
0: The two things we've taken from this podcast are mm-hmm. Super Soakers for Matthew Velalta pregame. That's a new fan experience with the Ontario Rain. Yeah. All the Rain offices, email your ticket rep, and we'll get that set mm-hmm. up for you for next season's games. And uh, Gabriel Velardi versus Matthew Velalta tennis match.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that it. sounds great. Yeah. Wimbledon, awesome. we'll call it. With a V, Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, <laughs> awesome. 2020, maybe 21, depending on when we can go play. Oh, you'd be yeah. six feet apart. Yeah. All right, definitely. Maddie, we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know, best of luck moving forward. Hopefully, we'll be seeing you again soon, and yep. um, hopefully, we'll have you on here again another time.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks, uh, guys, for having me, and good talking to you guys. All right. So
0: thanks again to Matthew Villalta. Loved having him. What a lovely guy. Uh, Before we move right along, I want to let everybody know a little or read a little message from our partner, Real Time Pain Relief. Uh, Committed to helping American businesses and organizations supplied with hand sanitizer during the COVID-19 pandemic, Real Time Pain Relief has substantially increased their production of its real time hand sanitizer plus skin conditioner to 30,000 units per day. The Skin Conditioning Antimicrobial Gel contains 70% alcohol and kills 99.99% of germs. A special deal is available to all Kings and Reign families. Apply coupon code KINGS, that's K-I-N-G-S, with your purchase to receive a free gift. To purchase, head on over to RTPR, real-time pain relief, rtpr.com. So, Zach, I want to move move right along, and Jesse is our producer, Jesse Cohen. You may know him from our little sister podcast, the All the Kings Men podcast. Uh, I'm going to ask him to swing on here as well, and I put together some more uh, before and afters because I like doing them all day, and we haven't had them on in a while. I think I've only done them once or twice. And, and you know what, our fans, and I, I refer to them earlier as the Rainiacs, um, I need to hear from them. Because I need to know if you like these or if you're like, Cam, stop this. Nobody likes this stuff. It's not fun. But you get a chance to play at home and to guess. And I, like I said in the past, I want to make something called Cam Cash where you collect 100 of them. Maybe you get a ticket. Maybe you get something. Um, maybe it'll be Rainy Day Podcast. Ooh, Rainy Day Pod Cash. Okay. okay Might have just, yeah, just come across something there. Um, but I'll put these up on Twitter. I like thinking of them. So they're all Kings-themed Uh, and Jesse and Zach, you guys are going to compete, see who can think of them first. So I started off with a really easy one, before and after. I'm going to give you a clue, and you basically have to combine two different things. Uh, They could be names, they could be phrases, they could be anything. But again, these are all pretty easy. They're all Kings themes. So the first one, very easy, Kings Color Commentator's Favorite Regional Network. Jim Fox Sports West. Yes, Jesse. I, thought, sorry, I, ask I didn't you to sorry, raise, I didn't raise your my hand. Sorry, cool. sorry. Uh, I, I know
1: you had it. Well that that's, was the that's easy minus one. That's minus one.
0: No, <laughs> you know what, Zach? That was the warm-up. You're so if you are the
1: rules here.
0: Obviously we were both gonna know that one. I would like to see you raise your hands, Jesse. That's why I'm I asked a, you. I'm a rebel,
2: Dooley. alone. <laughs> a loner.
0: All right. Uh our second one. And try to guess it all. These guys, I'll, I'll, I'll see them raise their hands. Obviously, you can't see that, but I'll try to give you a couple seconds in case you're thinking of it at home. You might not be as quick as the Rain Insider and Jesse Cohen. All right, the next one is Earbiter's nickname while standing behind the Rain Bench. I'll read it again Earbiter's nickname while standing behind the Rain Bench. Jesse Cohen. Iron Mike Stuthers. That is correct. Good shot. Nice ah. shot. Um, and that's obvious Iron Mike Tyson, but we just added Stuthers. All right. Stevie Nicks loves watching this Kings Bruiser. Jesse? Fleetwood McDermott. Yes, very nice wow. job, Jesse. Right. Wow, Jesse, it's just taking you to death. <laughs> Zach's upset. He wanted that easy one because he knew he was going <laughs> to get a litter.
1: just rattled here. You're yeah. having trouble. Well,
0: now now it's all a pressure situation. Now you know Jesse's good at them. You don't have the time, and you're overthinking it. So um, let's try to – this will be, you know, I think, a little bit easier for you. Old King's Holmes' favorite mixed alcoholic drink.
1: I think he got me. Jesse yeah. had his hand up he first. I'm gonna get I'll let you know, uh, Dooley take a shot at it. No, no. All right. No, I, All right. Great, great Western for rum and coke. Yes. <laughs>
0: very good job,
1: Jesse. Let's
0: see if you can go five for five. This is a little tough. Uh, 90s king coaches optimistic outlook on life. Wow, Jesse, right off the rip, had his hand out. i got to let him go five for five here. Do you
1: tailor these questions to Jesse specifically? <laughs> I mean, he's like the guy. <laughs> Jesse? Before I was born.
0: Jesse, what, is, what is the answer?
1: Terry Melrose colored glasses. Very good job. I was thinking uh, Terry Murray of Sunshine. There you go. I don't know if he was 90s, though. He wasn't. I might have been. Okay, yeah. Although <laughs> 90s, Andy Murray. 2000s. No, Andy Murray was... There was Andy Murray okay, and Terry Murray. So Andy I Murray like where your head's at. Sunshine. We so, would have had to go to the judges. And I, think Jesse I, think I, a, I think I get a 0.5 there.
0: <laughs> well, you, no. It's, it's, it's one or the other. So, Jesse, nice job going five for five on our before and afters today. Let us know if you like them. I'll try to post some up on uh, on Twitter for everybody and uh, maybe some trivia. I like Rhyme Time, too. So, um.
1: What's the Rhyme Time?
0: Yeah, you just got to get things that rhyme. So I get—I don't, I don't want to have to think of one right now, but two things that rhyme. But you give one clue, you know, similar, similar type of recurring type of thing. Uh, Zach, we were talking earlier about streaks, and and I'll let you lead us in.
1: Well, in our uh, for a little backstory, we have a Madden Twenty uh, franchise. A few of us. Uh, Co-workers that I, I have been very successful in. I had a 48-game regular season winning streak that was snapped. Yeah,
0: you were, you were far, uh, you were far better than all of us.
1: <laughs> we, um,
0: we are very aware of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I lost last night. It was a pretty, pretty terrific run. Uh, but it got me thinking of, you know, what is the, in your opinion, the greatest streak in sports history, um, whether it be individual or team. And I, um, there's so many of them out there.
0: There are a lot. So the first one that comes to mind for me is always yukon uh, UConn women's basketball. I don't know why that always sticks out. Um, 126
1: because, you, regular season games. I had that right at the top of my list. That's is, it's, ridiculous.
0: It's, ridiculous. it's ridiculous. Like that is insane. And I understand that there's a larger discrepancy in women's sports between the best team and the worst team oftentimes. And oftentimes one team, you know, especially at that time, one team became dominant. But that is outrageous. I mean, the organization, the coach, like, like it just everybody buys in like that. I mean, that
1: doesn't happen. That's not. So I think it's, I think it's easier to have a a streak like that in college sports than it is in sure. pro. Uh, because in college, there's no regulation on, you know, the best 10 recruits go to one team kind of thing. That's right. why you see, you know, UConn women, 126, UCLA men's. Uh, had an 88, and Minnesota women's hockey had a 62. Um, And so I think there's obviously, you know, all incredibly impressive. That 126 is still just kind of mind-blowing, especially when you compare it to, you know, the longest runs in pro, you know, which is, uh, in hockey, it's Norfolk Admirals, uh, 11-12 with just 29. I mean, that's, you know, 97 wins short of what UConn did, which Um, kind of puts it into perspective. I mean, in the NHL, it was 17
0: so, Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, he lost He lost his first game in that championship, right? That was the only game he's ever lost? I believe so, yeah. So, that's pretty impressive. I mean, if he had won that championship, that would have been something.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's still, uh, still regular season. I guess he has it. Um, but it also got me thinking of, like, the individual streaks. And I feel like everyone talks about Cal Ripken and his 26-32 because it's such a big number. But Brett Favre, Started 297 straight games as an NFL quarterback, which if you compare the fact that the NFL plays 16 games, the MLB plays 162, Brett Favre's streak is like two and a half seasons longer than Cal Ripken's. Sure, and yeah, no, did a- it in a sport where there's a lot of physical violence and there's obviously more injuries, so like right, I, I that, that time. is yeah. substantially more impressive to me than what Cal Ripken did.
0: Um, the, the one individual streak, and this is kind of an obvious one, but it's always DiMaggio. Yeah. Um, so, so Joe DiMaggio, 56 game hitting streak, just to think about how hard it is to hit a baseball. Like, like, I think, uh, that hitting, you know, it, it's a sport where if you hit, th- you know, three and a half out of 10, you're like an unbelievable player. Right. So if you're hitting 350, you're, you're probably a hall of famers. So that, that to me is, um, Still pretty amazing, a fifty-six game hitting
1: streak. And I found uh, one that I think would get a little more play in today's MLB. It was Ted Williams had an eighty-four game on base streak, which I feel like walks haven't really come into their own until recently, where people put a lot more value on walks. So he had on base eighty-four straight games. That's more than half the year.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty straight. darn good. Did you have anything else written down that you found offhand?
1: I had two more. Wayne Gretzky fifty-one straight games to the point. Yeah. Uh, which nothing really surprises you when it comes to him. No. Um, But one that I found that just kind of blew my mind, Glenn Hall, goaltender for the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks, made 502 consecutive regular season starts, 551 if you count the playoffs. Wow.
0: That's very impressive.
1: And he finally came out due to injury in game 502, which caused him to miss 503. But 502 straight starts for a goaltender
0: so they didn't use a backup goaltender
1: at all i i don't know if he came in relief um but it, he started 502 straight games according that's, to the internet <laughs> which is from my experience that, that'll that never point. happen again yeah <laughs> yeah no it's
0: you know like i it's tough to not throw championship runs in there um when you think about um like i they, did have
1: the the celtics
0: so yeah you,
1: you, eight straight titles
0: yeah you think about the celtics even the islanders you know so some of the canadians run so you, you think about those but i i think um i think the individual ones do it for me and then just 126 game winning streak in any sport is is yeah. out of this world so it's just that is so a good
1: question crazy
0: it's a good thing to ponder i wonder what the worst streak of all time is probably probably uh missing the playoffs over and over and over again. I did see
1: a few of those when I was looking. There was obviously the Cubs without a yeah. title. Um, there was the Pirates missing the playoffs, which was a few decades. Um. There was Cleveland City without a title, which was like 50 years. Uh, and There was this college basketball team. It was like Prairie View something who lost like 90 straight games. Oh, good for them. So, yeah, they... I guess if you're not going to be the best, you might as well just be notorious for being the worst.
0: So I guess now, um, it's funny, you go back less than 10 years ago and the Kings, the Blues, and the Leafs were all tied for the longest drought after the Blackhawks had won it um, because the Kings and the Blues came into the league in 67 and and the Maple Leafs won it in that year. Now it's just the Leafs. And uh, and you wonder how long it's going to go. Because they obviously, maybe their window is another year, um, but it's going to close. And so you're, you're probably talking about another five years, right, until you can be in the conversation potentially, unless they can, um, you know, retool on the fly like some teams have figured out pretty well. So, But I, I think uh, that one could go. That one could go for a little while. I don't think it's going to be 100 years by any means, but um, you never know. So I, I, that that's going to become something. Obviously, it's – Hit the uh, the fifty year mark, you, you get up to seventy years, and then you're really, really talking about <laughs> that. You get up to sixty years. So what, twenty twenty seven? You get up to sixty years. Everyone is really going to start taking notice, uh, even more than than already. It, it all of a sudden it gets into like Cubs territory, right? Like once. You yeah. Get up there. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And then uh, the only other thing that made me, that came to mind. And you know we record these podcasts, Zach. They don't go away. Who do you think will be the first Canadian team to win the cup, or the next Canadian team to win the cup? Obviously, they haven't won it since the nineteen ninety six Canadians. Am I right there?
1: You're ninety two. Ninety three Canadians. Ninety three. Okay, it was. Uh, it wasn't. Rangers were ninety
0: four Canadians. Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm going to say the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really. Best positioned, but. I mean you, you see most of the Canadian teams seem to be trending up um yeah I, that's just my take like I they fell apart in the postseason a couple of years in a row but you would have had them as a cup favorite I think the last few years
0: yeah I think and I I don't, you know I don't think our fans will like it but i I think Calgary will get one I think it, they got a few things to figure out but they have like the young players that are contributing I think that I if I if you I could see them sneaking one out, being that, like, middle-of-the-pack contender that goes into the playoffs and somehow they just go on a run. Kind That's of like the, thing, the, like
1: the Blues. A lot of those teams have the pieces now, so.
0: Right. Think, they, they are. I mean, Vancouver is, is a little ways away. Ottawa is a ways away. Um, Montreal is – who knows what's going on there. But, like, Winnipeg has some pieces, but they seem to be kind of falling apart. Yeah. Edmonton. Edmonton, I mean, isn't it amazing, though, that it's basically uncontested that Edmonton is the best player in the league, but neither of us said them. Like, we weren't even really, Yeah. Yeah. You know, wasn't even a thought.
1: I'd say, I, mean, I guess thought about it, but yeah, I would, I'd say Calgary's probably ahead of them, just overall.
0: I don't <laughs> think he'll get to Ovechkin status. I don't think he'll wait that long, but I, I who knows? I to
1: imagine, you know, they will put it together at some point.
0: Yeah. You wonder if Tampa Bay will get one. It's, it just, there's so many teams right now that have the players to do it. Like, we're in a superstar age where, like, there are just so many superstars. If you're a hockey fan, there's so many superstars in the league right now. Colorado, you know, Edmonton, Tampa Bay. Like, there's just so many that haven't won a cup. There's
1: only that, one, right? You can only award one a year. So. Ex-
0: exactly. So you just wonder, like, who's going to miss out? Like, how many more years does Stephen Stamkos have? Right, and that that's a team that has been there for basically a decade. They've been in the conversation, and uh, at least since what twenty eleven did they go to the uh, the Western Conference, and then they went to the Cup the to the year after was whatever or they made the cup, fifteen they
1: lost, to, lost to the Blackhawks. Right. Uh, I mean, but like you there's so many teams who will be a team that makes the second round, the third round of the playoffs consistently and never wins. Right. So and you'll see that, it frequently. And
0: with, with more and more superstars emerging, we're going to get to the point where more and more guys are, are going to leave the league without a cup. You know, like you can kind of count on one hand, maybe more than that, the greatest players of all time to not win one. Um, you know, most recently uh, you just think of it and a guy still in the league, like Joe, Joe, Aginla or Joe Thornton and Jerome McGinley, excuse me. And, and so like, those are just recent ones, but obviously there's some older guys, uh, Adam Oates and, um, obviously there's some great kings that, that didn't win it either and uh, Marcel Dion didn't win one. so there, there's plenty of, of those names but you're getting into an age right now where there's so many superstars there's going to be a lot of guys that leave the league without, without a cup so um, nonetheless I think that'll do it for us today we're looking forward to talking to you next week we'll have a new guest, new lineup new everything, let us know what you want to hear on the, uh, on the old Twitter there, drop us a note drop us a line, at me as they say Right, Zach? You're the uh, the Twitter guru. So
1: that's uh, Some people do say that, yeah.
0: Now, you got upset with me, Zach, because you thought last week that w- when you said something, we were going to finish it, and then I had to say something to uh, finish off the episode. So you know what? I am a uh, carrot-in-the-stick type of guy. So I, why don't you go ahead and close her out for us?
1: Maybe we'll close this one off like the supreme.